Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our community call. I um, apologize. We're a couple minutes behind. We had to do a host switch. Um, So we, our topic for today is about job search skills. And so... I thought I'd start us off with a little little intro question to just get our, ourselves brainstorming. Um, what kind of things do you think of when you, what kind of fears or hesitations come up for you when you think of searching for a job? And um, you can go ahead and I believe you can either raise your hand to, uh, to request to be unmuted. Do you have a host? Yes, that is me. Oh, okay. I don't see any hands raised at this point. I can though. start, Brooke. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so um, when I think about job searching, I think about sort of, I guess, some of the, there are opportunities there. So something new, which is exciting. Fears are things like, uh, you know, because so much is done online these days, uh, accessibility of the job search process is one you have somebody in your waiting room i didn't think waiting room was i'm working on it right now they just showed up okay got it so rebecca could you elaborate a little more on those on some of those fears sure so um you know when when you're searching for a job um, you know, it's, I guess one of the, there's a lot that people are doing now, um, you know, online. So it's, you know, figuring out how to go about, um, you know, there's, there's research that you need to do. Um, and that part isn't so bad. It can be a little overwhelming, but if you have some, you know, sense of what you're looking for, um, that helps. Um, but then once you've done the research and you want to go to apply, that's sort of what I was referring to. So where when you're, you know, wanting to complete an application for employment or submit uh, documentation, you know, it's always a question of whether or not that process uh, can be done independently in our case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that stuff. For those of you that just joined us, we're asking about what kind of fears come up for you or hesitations come up for you when you think of searching for jobs? I know for me, one of the things that comes up for me is when we think about when to disclose. And I know that's a big topic that we've talked about quite a bit in these meetings is when to disclose a disability kind of to go off of what Rebecca said. So I'd love to hear from others of you. For those of you who have just joined, um, feel free to just raise your hand. It looks like it looks like Jay has a hand raised. Okay, you guys are going to have to be patient because I've never hosted before. Yes, trying to do some of the searches and looking for the job or the right trying to find the right job. Um, Mm -hmm. Getting through the internet is quite daunting Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you'll find a bunch of stuff that's not even what you're even looking for, and you go back to it. And, you know, because after a while, it's like you're trying to figure out how to narrow down the search, but it's just you're getting things that 
you know, let's say truck driver or something like that, or cash register or something that you don't even want to get. Mm-hmm. I think Carrie has a hand raised. Carrie, go ahead. I think what I find most challenging in job searching is that there's still a lot of job district descriptions out there that require somebody to specifically have a driver's license or um, even you know stuff that is very visual. And I mm-hmm. feel that there needs to still be some sort of um, customizable employment uh, for people who are blind and also maybe like just carving out of jobs. Mm-hmm. So what, I guess I have a question. I don't know if anybody can answer that, but is that, I mean, from a, I guess I should ask a human resources person. I don't know if anybody knows, is that like legal for companies? To, I mean, obviously if you're a truck driver, you need a driver's license, <laughs> right? But for certain other jobs, when there are like requirements of, you know, you'll see these things like must be able to lift you know, a certain amount or must be able to do these other things. And like, it doesn't, the job doesn't seem like that would be a, a obvious job duty. <laughs> like the nature of the job doesn't seem like it would require it. Does anybody know if that is uh, like kind of what the logistics are and if it's like when it's okay to post those kinds of requirements and when you shouldn't do that? Like when, when we should be concerned about seeing those versus from a, you know, a potential discriminatory situation versus not. Am I making sense? Yes, but unfortunately, I don't have any answer on that one. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Mo has a hand raised. Hi, I'm Mo from Iowa. And I guess my biggest fear when doing job searching is lining up childcare and transportation, mm-hmm. and having everything go together. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Yeah, I once had a, uh, I was going for a job interview and I had a, um, a ride scheduled and somehow they, they went to my destination first and I was almost late because <laughs> that's why you always schedule to be early. <laughs> so you're not late when you have a snafu, like they reversed the trip. So they thought they were picking me up where they were dropping me off. But anyway, yes, I get it. <laughs> we also have someone with a hand raised and I can't quite see what it is but your your thing starts with j r a z yeah i think j i think we did we already hear from you did yes okay yeah that was you your hand is okay your hand is still raised though there we go okay thank you thanks and then mo i think your hand is also carrie it looks like your hand's raised again actually this might be carrie muth because there's another carrie on here as well Yep. But but this is Carrie Muth with the Employment Committee. And actually, I work as a job developer. So the question about legality of, of offering things, I'm not sure. But I will say that there's a lot of jobs and we talk about the essential job duties of the job. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of employers will list driver's license required. And it's just they're trying to make sure that you have dependable, reliable transportation to and from work. And so, you know, it's really boils down to looking at what are the job duties and does that make sense? So, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, because I work with a lot of people with different disabilities who do not drive. And so a lot of times I will reach out to their HR and say, you know, is this really necessary? Because a lot of times it's not. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, so it really looks at what those, and I don't know what the legal 
situation is with that. Um, somebody was asking that, but you know, they do look at what are the job duties and is that really a requirement of the job? Mm-hmm. My understanding is that it's, I've applied for jobs that said driver's license required and, and gotten them. Um, so I generally, unless it's otherwise, what I see sometimes is uh, must be able to provide transportation or something like that when it is a legal requirement of the job. But usually when I see driver's license, I know a lot of the times is also getting towards U.S. citizenship. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would say also, so the job I do as a job developer, there is a driving component because I'm supposed to move around in the community and meet with employers. And, uh, you know, I, I'm actually very fortunate because my employer actually supplies a driver for me, which is not technically a requirement under a reasonable accommodation either, um, Hmm. because it is an essential job duty of my job. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can go with reasonable accommodation issues if that's, you know, is that really a requirement? And if so, can it be reasonably accommodated for, um, Mm -hmm. so That's great. Thank you. So if we don't have any more, you know, kind of a follow-up question to that when it comes to job skills is, can I, can we hear a little bit about what skills have you guys maybe not had before that you wish you had retrospectively when you look back, I wish I had the skill of X, for example. Um, I, when I left college, I wish I knew how important confident presentation was. You know, I had the degree, didn't, didn't realize just how important it was that I be confident in the skills I can do, that I can write a cover letter confidently and sell myself as a professional, essentially. So what in retrospect, when you think about job skills, kind of going mm-hmm. off of this question of fears, what... What do you wish you knew or what do you think is important to know or to be able to do? I think one of the things for us as, you know, blind and and low vision people is to be, to be ready and, and really particularly in the interview process, when you are sitting in front of someone, um, because not in every case, but in many cases, at least in mine, it's pretty obvious when I show up to an interview that I'm blind. I have a dog, a guide dog, and even if I didn't, I'd have a cane, and it's pretty obvious. So I think being ready, rather than shying away from uh, kind of questions about the technology you use and how you do these things, I think it's really important to confront those head on. I mean, not to walk in and say, Hey, I'm just as good as everybody else. Cause I can use a computer, but just knowing how, knowing how to, to speak about how you do things in a confident and, uh, you know, very clear and put together manner is, is really important. You know, the skills that, you know, being able to speak to the technology you use, you know, I have a, you know, a computer with text to speech software that allows me to, utilize all the office suite of products, you know, Excel, PowerPoint, Word, et cetera, you know, talking about how you manage those things in your current job, you know, any, those types of, I think it, it's very important to confront that head on, um, you know, and do it confidently. What else do we have? Does anyone else have any thoughts going off of what Rebecca said? And if your hand's raised and we're just not seeing it, go ahead and unmute because we have enough of a small 
group that I think that would be appropriate. Looks like Carrie Clark's hand is still raised. I don't know if you intended to be or not, but go for it if you did. I know one thing is that is very popular now um, is um, to be bilingual, especially in a lot of customer service positions. I think that's a good mm-hmm. good point. Yeah, if there's any skills like that, or or even by I don't know what you call it when you know different things about technology, but by technological is what I'm going to call it. <laughs> Knowing you know different <laughs> form. I just made that up just now, but knowing different forms of software, you know. Mm-hmm. Excel versus OS 10 versus clearly I'm not one of those people. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's a good point, Carrie. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? We got a quiet group tonight. I'm curious. um, I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Uh, When you go into the job interview, do you think it's important to bring your own computer so you can demonstrate, so you can show them that you can get around the computer? I don't tend to do that on the first interview and I'd love to hear what others would say. Um, I usually would, when I go into a first job interview or even a first in person, you know, sometimes your first job interview is over the phone these days. And then the first in person one, I usually just bring a copy of my resume and my mm-hmm. self. And then of course, offer to demonstrate assistive technology if needed. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I probably, had, I don't even remember what I did the last time I did this, but I think having it with you is never a bad thing. Um, but I definitely wouldn't offer it right off the bat unless, I don't know, unless you feel like it's a job that really requires it and somebody really has, you know, is asking specific questions. I'm curious. I'm trying to see if, uh, oh, I'm not seeing her. Gonna, I was trying to see if Carrie was still on, but I'm not seeing her, Carrie, from our committee. Given her, her role as a job developer, I'd be curious to hear from her, but I'm not seeing her. What are the more usable job search engines that are out there? Good question. Does anybody have any recent experience um, doing a job search? I've used Indeed a lot. Um, I've heard of um, a site called Glassdoor as well. Those are two popular ones. Yep. Those are the two I've used as well. I think they work pretty well. What is Glassdoor? I've never heard of that one. You know, I use, I mean, you can search for jobs there. You can also get some interesting information about employers. Like there's sections where you can go and see what people have said about, you know, employers you're looking at. So if you want to do some research on companies, people leave reviews on Glassdoor. I mean, that's what I've used it for to look up things about, you know, about other companies. Um, but it is a, a also a good, jo- you know, a nice job search site as well. That seems to be fairly accessible. Although I haven't put it through its paces. I haven't applied, for instance, for a job through Glassdoor. Um, I know a lot of employers are posting jobs on LinkedIn now and finding leads there. So that's another good one, I think, uh, to use. I know a lot of things. I think it's important to also put out there that there's some places now, like LinkedIn, Indeed, probably even Glassdoor, where you can also put your resume up. And um, Oh, and um, Chamber of Commerce has that service too, where you can put your resume up. But I also think networking is pretty important as far as finding a job. Um, yeah. Really getting 
communicating with people who know people who know people and not taking any communication as um, trivial. So really putting yourself out there in as many ways as you can. And I think any time, I think the last few jobs, I think all of the jobs I've gotten over the course of, of, um, over my job search have been because I had, you know, some kind of either I, you know, I was a referral or I knew someone who worked at that company. Um, and I think that the importance of that cannot be overstated in terms of if there's a company you're eyeing, if you know somebody who works for that company, reach out and say, Hey, I'd like to have coffee with you. Or, you know, of course in today's environment, can we have a zoom chat or whatever? Can we FaceTime and talk to them about their experience and, and try to, you know, talk about what you're interested in doing and, and see what kind of fit there might be. And um, I think pretty much every, yeah, all the jobs I've landed have been not because of that, but I think it helps both for you and, you know, for the employer, if they see, oh yeah, she, you know, Rebecca knows, you know, knows Matt who, you know, he's been here a long time and, you know, so I think it's, it's helpful. How about the rest of you kind of going off of that question that was posed? What questions do you guys have about some of the topics we've covered, the fears associated with searching for jobs, finding the assets, finding the right job? What comes to mind? And go ahead again. You can go ahead and unmute and speak because our group is small enough that that isn't a problem. OS? OS? Yeah, go ahead. One of my fears is that I'm getting too old to get a job. Hmm. You know, with this long lack of employment in my past. So I still talking way on what I should do, you know, of is at the point of fear I can't go in and get bark and increase long careers, you know, I just probably go like the part time something, but still wonder, you know, can't get there in my fifties, you know, and somebody be willing to hire me versus a, a nice, bright young thing, you know. <laughs> versus well, a late model. You know, I, I think that's an interesting question. And I think that, you know, whether it's because of your, whether your concerns are because of your age or, or just a lack of a recent employment history, for example, one of the things that I think you can do is, is volunteer um, and find ways to demonstrate um, on a resume that, you know, you've done something with your time. So you've, you've developed some new skills or you've volunteered. I mean, a lot of the jobs I've gotten, you know, have been because I, maybe I was an intern for a while for an organization, whether it was paid or unpaid, or I did, you know, volunteer work and got to know somebody or, you know, so I think finding ways to use your time productively and demonstrate that can really help um, when you've had, you know, some time when you've been out of the workforce, if you're able to do that, not everybody's able to do that, but that would be something that I think could be helpful. Okay, thank you. It's a good one. Thank you. Other questions. Again, for those of you who just joined us, we're talking about general... We talked a lot about fears associated with getting a job and some of the skills needed. And now we're opening up for anyone to ask a question or share what's been on your mind when you think about getting a job or keeping a job. And you do not have to raise your hand because our group is small enough. So go ahead and just unmute. It's a quiet group. I have another question. Go for it. Um, let's say you go to you go blind later in your life, and now you're out of you know you had a career, but now 
you've got to totally change your career because of your blindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got to get your, um, let's say your mobility skills. You go to a job, you know, let's say a, a rehab. And so now you're out for a little while because of that reason. And now you want to get back to work because you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and that's a, definitely something that our community experiences um, a lot. And I think, I think again, finding ways to, to volunteer or to, you know, networking is key, you know, knowing, you know, find people that are in the career that you're looking at and, and talk to them, um, use your rehab organization to whatever extent you're able in terms of maybe assisting with, you know, finding, you know, job search ideas and, you know, they, they can, I think some, some of that is easier at times than others, depending on, you know, who you're working with or what state you're in. Um, but, you know, I think, I think a lot of the same things apply, but I think to your point, you're, if you're newly blind, you're upskilling in a lot of areas, which, which is definitely a challenge when you're trying to, you know, learn new ways of doing things that you're not accustomed to, you know, on top of trying to find employment. That's, that's definitely a lot. Uh, Wes again. Mm-hmm. I like to know: Is nine years or eight years is enough time to fit in a career, or is it for when it comes to a career, you know, trying to go somewhere, try to get promoted, move to better, you know, companies? Is that just you know, forget that part, just keep it to one, you know, simple job? Or then also, are there a lot of companies now where it's like they don't just shove you out the door on your sixty-fifth birthday? You know, if you want to, let you choose to keep working. I guess I'm not sure I understood the first. Okay. First. I want to know, is nine years enough time to fit in a career? You know, could a guy do a career in that amount of time left, you know, in his working life or. I think, I mean, I think so. I think it's whatever you want it to well, be. Okay. I mean, it's, I think today it's a lot different. People don't stay in the same job okay. for, you know, they used to, you know, back in, you know, 20 years ago, you know, people would work for the same company for a long, long time. And I think it's a lot, people move around more, I think, than they used to both maybe trying different careers, but definitely different jobs, even within the same sector. So I don't, I don't think that matters at this. I mean, Brooke, do you agree? I would agree. I think there's so many, I mean, when I was in grad school, there were people in there you know, 50s, 60s, oh. mm-hmm. making yeah. a job change, making a career change. So I would agree with what Rebecca said, that I don't think that's as much, nearly as much of a hindrance now. I mean, you might not, there's probably certain jobs that you might not want to do just because it just is more about finding a practical job, something that you want to do for the next 10 years and less about the fact that it would be for 10 years. Right. Someone could be in their 20s and get a job and think it's going to be their career and then 10 years later switch. So I, I certainly don't think that's a deterrent. Okay. So there'd be enough time in, you know, nine years where I could do some climbing up a corporate ladder then. Of course. I mean, if that's what you want to do, I don't see why you, know, you wouldn't try. You know, are there, you know, my second uh, part of my question was that are the employers now or companies, organizations, where it's like, you know, on the day of your 65th birthday, you walk in, there's a gold watch on your desk, and they 
and they hand you your last paycheck telling you to leave, you know? I don't know anything. I mean, I mean, I are a lot not. of companies there let you, you know, if it choose to, are they willing to let you work past 65? You know, I think, I think in today's day and age, yes. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my parents are that age, for instance, and I don't think, you know, my mom's not being walked out the door. Okay. So, oh, okay. So if you choose, because like, especially like these computer oriented jobs, you know, stuff like that, where you just pushing keycaps and pushing a mouse around, you know, practicality, you know, I, I just see no point in, you know, telling somebody to shove off and they turn 65. It makes sense. In the older days, if I had to like lug railroad ties around and swing big hammers, you know, and 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 he rocked it to a you know a, a railroad car, yeah, you know that makes sense. That'd be maybe sixty five is like the cutoff, but I'm not aware of that being a being you know, an issue. If, if I, I like, think people are working longer now. People are staying okay. in the workforce longer um, and choosing to to work longer. So I think up to you i think the limitations i got you so those are what's like, being yeah like 65 is not like you're done you know get no. out you know it's like go home and collect social security you know i don't think so <laughs> okay just wondering about that where some employers let me work on macaque you know if you're sitting there you're sitting there yeah. in a nice cushy yeah. swivel chair and you're pushing a mouse around it's like you, right you got, yeah I, we got you can be a little bit elderly and still be doing that job you know <laughs> yep got it thank you how about Anyone else? Any questions? Hey, it's Carrie. I do have a question. Um, so I've been, I haven't really had a, um, like a solid part-time job. I've had some work trials and stuff in the past and it's been quite a while since I've, um, done that. Um, where would you suggest that I start for say like an entry level position? Um, you know, what, what fields would I technically look forward to kind of get started into something that is entry level? Um, I mean, I think it depends on what your interests are. Um, I think finding either a, a company you like or a, a type of job you, you like. So if you're into, if you want to, you know, be in customer service or you want, or you like, um, you know, and again, I don't know what background is, but looking at the types of jobs that other people who have your, you know, degree or credentials might have, you know, I think it's, I think it's all about trying to, I mean, yeah, there's the concern. I know, you know, I look at jobs online, you know, one of the things that I guess I didn't mention before is like, you look at a job description, you automatically think, oh, I'm not qualified for that job, right? That's like something that, especially when you're starting out or you're coming back after a while, you're worried about, oh, I don't, I don't know if I have what it takes. But, but I think just taking a step back from that even and just figuring out what type of work do you want to do? What type of organization do you want to do it for? And then doing the research and talking to people and you know, networking. And that's where the power of, of an internship or work experience um, can be very, very um, you know, can be very powerful in helping you. I mean, when I was in college, I think I had four internships and that I, th- I believe that's what got me a job so quickly coming out is because I had, I had that work experience. And one of the places that I ended up, my first place of employment, a full-time employment after college was a place I'd interned previously. So they got, you know, they, they paid me very little to work for them, they realized I was doing a good job and then a job came open and I got it. So I think that's, 
I mean, that would be my advice is just to more look at the type of work you want to do and an organization you might like to work for and, you know, network, 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 and talk to people. And if there's an agency in your area, like a rehab agency that is willing to work with you, that could help you even get some, like some sort of a work experience scenario or internship, that might be another avenue to pursue. I want to really, really echo what Rebecca said because my if if you're having a hard time finding a job, volunteer. I mean, absolutely. That is I mean, there's nothing to lose really. It's you're already underemployed or unemployed, whatever the case may be. But two of the pe- paid positions I've gotten have started off as volunteer positions. Mm-hmm. And the best, the other best part about that, sorry, Rebecca. No, that's okay. um, Is there, I mean, if you do a Google search of remote volunteer opportunities, there are plenty. Um, I've, so during the pandemic, that's a great way to to go about it. That's a good idea. That's very specific. Yeah, certainly. I'll certainly look for that. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah, I was told, um, I think a couple of calls back to look for remote jobs, but um, if there was, yeah, remote volunteer too. I, I'll certainly take a look at that as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, just do a Google search, you know, work from home volunteer jobs. There's plenty out there. That's awesome. Are there work from home volunteer and internships that are paid or just volunteer jobs? I think it depends. I mean, obviously, if you're volunteering, it's not paid, but if you're I mean, I think a lot of organizations, um, you know, because everyone is remote, there are opportunities, well, not everyone, but a lot of people right now, you know, a lot of big companies, you know, have closed their offices at least until, you know, the beginning of next year or whatever. So I, I definitely think, you know, if there ever was an opportunity to, to work from home, paid or unpaid, um, now is a good time. Do you think they um, hire... Someone who's just out of high school because I'll graduate somewhere in, in next year. So I think it's a, it's a good idea. Or should I wait until I'm out of high school to start looking? I don't think there's that. First of all, you know, That's congrats awesome. on that. That's awesome. And <laughs> second of all, I don't think there's any harm in starting now. I mean, if, if I were to look back, because I'm a decade out of high school now, if I were to look back, I just had this genuine belief that there was nothing I was going to find until after college. And I have since learned that that is very not true. There's plenty <laughs> of ways to find work. So mm-hmm. um, I, yeah. I think that you can. When I started, I got my first job at 14, um, a paid job. Um, and I worked all the way pretty much on and off in various capacities, whether it was at the university I was at attending or, you know, over the summer I had, you know, I had a summer job and, you know, I was, I was just all about, you know, trying to get stuff on my resume and try to obviously make a little money. <laughs> right. I mean, so I, I, I think look and see what's out there and, and, you know, beef up those research skills and, um, you know, now is a great time because you don't, if you're still in high school, you, you're, maybe you're not feeling the pressure. Whereas, you know, it's your last semester of college and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. That's a lot of stress. Whereas, you know, you're 
just getting in now. And that's awesome that you're, you know, interested in being so proactive. I don't think it's ever too early to look for something. Right. That's awesome. Thanks for being here. Sure. We have all ages here on the employment community call. Doing some jobs on all parts of walks of life. What other questions? Any other thoughts or worries that come up that you guys want to ask the group? All right. Well, and and then of course, if anything comes up, you can um, if you you can also unmute without raising your hand. But one thing that I that I thought about when we were just asking those questions is Rebecca, can you? And I think Carrie, you're back on the call as well. Um, unless I'm wrong, but I think you are. So can you guys share about what your experience has been, what you guys would look for in someone who's a job candidate? What kind of skills you would look for? I'm not seeing Carrie or um, the employment committee, Carrie. Um, Okay. She came back for a second. (laughs) Then I guess. I know. Must be the the technical demons tonight. Um, So in terms of I guess, um, obviously you look for somebody who has, um, I mean, so it depends on the job, but basic, obviously basic qualifications. So is it, um, you know, depending on the job that you're hiring for, is it somebody that meets the, the criteria? Now it doesn't have to be straight up and down. So when I say that I'm not, if it says I want a four year degree in the job description, like, or equivalent, right? So let's say, you might not, it's somebody that basically hits, you know, most of that. So you've already cleared that hurdle by the time, you know, my assumption is you've cleared all the basic stuff before you're in the interview. But when I'm, you know, um, I've participated in a number of, I've been on the interviewing side and the interviewee side, but from when I'm interviewing um, people for positions, I mean, I look for, um, you know, obviously the qualifications is one thing. I look to, I pay attention to what, um, what questions they ask me in an interview. So I'm interested to know, like, is it someone that is very curious? Um, I work in consulting. So for me, I, one of the best pieces of advice I got from a mentor when I was just starting out in management consulting was be curious. So I look for people who are, you know, are they engaged in the process? Are they curious? Do they want to know more about the company or the job? Um, I look for someone who, um, again, as Brooke mentioned, she talked about the ability to, to present. So I don't need you to, to give me a, you know, a five minute speech, but I, I do want somebody who can answer, you know, be concise, uh, respond to a question, um, and do so with, uh, you know, with confidence and, and clarity. Um, I, you know, I look for someone who is enthusiastic, somebody who seems like they want to be there. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of, of, um, but yeah, I mean, those are just some of the things that come to mind immediately. And obviously, if it's somebody who's, if you've, when I'm reviewing your documentation, I want to know, I want to see, like, is your resume and cover letter clear of, like, spelling or grammatical errors? <laughs> like, what's your attention to detail? Have you, have you paid attention? Did you accidentally copy your letter from somewhere else and include, you know, somebody else's name at the top or, you know, 
stuff like that. That that's important to me. So do you communicate well in writing as well? That's another thing that I look for. Thank you for that. I think those are good. I think, you know, and along with the grammatical parts of the resume and cover letter, I think it's important to keep an eye out on formatting, you know, have Mm -hmm. someone, have someone look at it. Sometimes our screen readers do strange things. We don't know that the word the in the middle of the sentence just happened to be bolded for some odd reason. (laughs) I mean, that, that kind of stuff can happen, especially um, when you're, you know, under pressure and you're getting things. Well, and what, once you have a resume that you're comfortable with and you've had somebody review it for formatting, save it as a PDF. I highly recommend yes. that because that way, when you're opening it and looking at something again, sometimes, you know, maybe you certainly hit a, hit something and it, it saves it. Right. So you don't, when you have a resume you're happy with, um, and I do tailor my resumes a little bit based on the job I'm applying for. So, you know, you want to make sure that you, which resume you're looking at, you've saved it maybe with the date or with a, the company name on it or whatever. So you know what you're looking at. But once you're happy with your document, PDF it if you're able to do that, because that will preserve your formatting. Um, I got another question. Sure. Um, um, so should I hire a professional resume writer? Like since... Or should I do it after I've got a few years of experience and then do it? Well, I have never, I personally haven't done that. I know there are people who, who are professional resume writers. Um, I have generally asked people I know who I feel like write a good resume to help me. Um, it might not hurt to have, to have someone, you know, to work with someone maybe once to get a general feel for what types of resumes are out there and what type of resume is best suited for what kind of job. You know, some, some jobs want what they call like a results resume. So you, you want to show kind of what you've done versus, you know, other things. So like, um, I, I think it depends. Um, like I haven't used one, um, but if you want to learn about resume writing, I don't think it could hurt, but I think for your, at this the stage you're in, I don't think you would necessarily need a, a professional if you have somebody that you're comfortable with kind of helping you look well, at it. Well, because, um, I don't know. So I showed my family and they said it looked good, but then I also, I also showed it to um, a, a resume evaluator or senior resume consul- consultant. And he said mm-hmm. it would be better if you got a professional resume writer. So I was just thinking about it and hmm. really sure. I mean, I think, I think it's up to you. Although I, I would kind of think if it's, if you showed it to a resume consultant, that's probably, I mean, that's what they do. So <laughs> there's right. obviously a, a bias there, but I mean, I, I think, I don't yeah. think it could hurt if you have the resources to do it. It's also something you could wait, you know, I, if you, it's up to you. I think if you, I got someone that said it looked good and you know, it's presentable, then it's up. It's kind of up to you at that point, how much also trusting yourself to look at it and see if you've, you know, you could look at sample resumes online. Um, I did that a lot. Like when I, when I've been writing, when I run out of ideas and I'm writing a cover letter or a resume, I like to go on 
to look at some samples just to get some wording ideas. So that's another option you could do. Yeah. Action verbs. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot of confidence. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, there are a lot of resources online now, um, to, to help, um, with, with resume writing, or if you have a friend you trust, um, who is maybe, who's had a, you know, a successful, you know, a few, maybe a few years in the workforce who you trust. Um, I mean, I've definitely consulted with friends who are in a similar line of work as me and, you know, Hey, would you be willing to, you know, maybe share a resume with me or would you be willing to look at mine or, you know, those kinds of things. We definitely kind of trade (laughs) resumes and, you know, from time to time, but you know, it's ultimately it's up to you and what you want to invest, you know, like how invested you give an opportunity. Right. Cause like basically in my resume, what I've got is a lot of skills, but hardly any experiences. Like I just, um, I kind of volunteered for a month at this, um, at this rehab rehab facility, and it wasn't even like a proper volunteering job. It's just they're teaching me how to do how to do office work or how to work with common office supplies. So that's what I put in in my resume. But I don't really have all that much uh, work experience or any sort of internship mm-hmm. opportunities or anything like that. But I've got a lot of skills I could demonstrate. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And the one thing I'll say about that is if you have skills, think outside the box about the kinds of experiences you've had too. Because yep. if, you, if you've had work, you've had maybe limited work experience, but have you, you know, ever done speeches for something representing something? Or have you been part of a project even through school that contributed to a cause? I mean, mm-hmm. you're in high school, no one that's going to expect you to have a bunch of experience, work experience at this point, but mm-hmm. some things, and this is for anyone in whatever age group you're in, just think outside the box. For example, if I wanted to, you know, or if you guys wanted to, who have hosted these community calls, that that's a skill set, you know, mm-hmm. or for those of you who have contributed in some in committees or whatever, or there's just ways to be creative with what is considered experience. And Mm -hmm. one of the best advice I ever got from someone was to keep a list of things I've done, even if the things don't feel big to me, um, because those things can translate into skills and experience. That that's huge. I think thinking about what are those transferable skills, you know, sometimes we get caught in, Oh, I want a job in it, but I don't have, you know, these other skills, or I don't have this or that or the other, and you think about what you don't have. But what are these skills that you do have that, that trans, you know, that transfer? I mean, employers want to see, you know, they want to know that somebody's qualified, but they also want to know if they can learn, because we don't stop learning the moment we get a job, right? So an employer, I think, wants somebody who can be flexible, who who can upskill, who's willing and enthusiastic and eager to, to learn and grow. Right. So, so I think that's something else that, and that's a really good point. Like what are those skills that you can use? You know, I went from being in a nonprofit to being in management consulting. And then I went from there 
to being a pro, you know, a project manager for an IT consulting organization. Those are, you know, those skills aren't all the same, but they, the things I've learned over the course of time and my experience is it, it can transfer, even if it's not, you're not necessarily doing the exact same thing in your new job. And I wanted to ask if you, if you take a class in something, even if it's not like a committee or something, can you put that on your resume? In theory, I, think, I mean, it, so yeah. go ahead. Rebecca. No, no, go ahead, Brooke. I think it kind of depends. Like you wouldn't want to put one of your core classes that you needed for graduation necessarily. But if you developed a skill set in an elective, you know, or definitely your GPA, um, any certificates you've gotten from class. And of course, if it's like an elective, like if you really focused on, I don't know why I'm thinking about speeches tonight. So I'm just on a speech roll. But if you think about speech writing or something like that, or you took a class in a specialized skill, I think that that'd be fine, especially if you can indicate, you know, that you got a high grade or achieved X on a project. No, I was just saying like for IT, you know, I'm currently a part-time administrative assistant, but I would like to do web design um, or database. And, you know, like if you have an Apple certificate or a Microsoft certificate, that would be... Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Okay. Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. Well, in the last few minutes we have, I just want to make sure that anyone who didn't get a chance to ask a question has a chance. Is, is, was there any follow-up questions either about anything we talked about or um, anything that hasn't been touched on? Right. Well, if there, I, if there isn't anyone, I just wanted to know, does anybody, are there topics that you would like to, that you're interested in, um, like learning more about from an employment perspective that we could have, you know, future convert, you know, that you'd like to, you know, f- to see the group do like, are, are there any, anything you'd like to know more about? Donna, go ahead. Um, so I am possibly currently getting ready to look for a job. So I haven't looked for a job in like 15 years. I don't know if y'all have covered this yet or not, because a lot of times, unfortunately, I'm still on my show that I do every week when y'all do this. But um, I really would like to know how to go about starting to look in, in this time, you know, because it's different from when I last looked for a job and got the job that I've got now. Mm-hmm. How do you go about looking where do you go? You know, what are the important steps to take um, for getting a job? You know, mm-hmm. for looking for it. I know how to, you know, I know what you got to do to, you know, resume and all that. But what do you, where do you go to look? What, uh, like I have LinkedIn. Um, I don't know how, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But um, any suggestions and uh, maybe something mm-hmm. about that? Because I'm sure I'm not the only one who's been forever in the same place. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we talked a little bit about this and, and we might have other conversations about it, but I know I, th- I think earlier we talked a little bit about, you know, like Indeed and Glassdoor are good websites to look for, but I think it's maybe even Donna taking a step back and, you know, figuring out what, what skills do I have? What kind of job do I want to do? And then, you know, targeting companies and trying to narrow down your search is, is one way to, to do that, right? I mean, you could just be on Indeed all day or LinkedIn, but looking right. at, you know, trying to figure out what what kind of organization do I want to work for? What what kind of job 
do I feel like I'm well suited for? And then kind of going from there and using those tools. Okay. And talking to people in those organizations or in those types of jobs, um, I think is a good start. Okay. All right. Well, we have, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Anything else? We have one minute left. So I just wanted to close by saying thank you guys for attending. And again, apologize for the delay. We were host changing. And also, I want to let you guys all know that we are going to be putting out a podcast here soon. That's all about um, finding work and interviewing different people who from different walks of the employment life. So that will be coming across here pretty soon. And we continue to do every other week for community calls. Um, I'm going to end by just giving you guys my email address. If there's any topics that come up that you'd like to have us cover, or um, you are interested in hearing more about the employment committee, you can use the following email address to get a hold of me. And my information's also on the ACB website. But my email, I'm going to give you a quicker one than what's on the website. It's easier to say is Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E underscore Jostad. J is in Juliet. O is in Oscar. S is in Sierra. T is in Tango. A is in Alpha. D is in Delta at Comcast.net. So feel free to send any questions our way and we'll look forward to seeing you back here in two weeks. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Good night.